0: Hello, it's Paul Scott here, UK Small Caps Investor, commentator, writer of the Small Cap Value Reports, which have been running now for 11 years on Stockopedia.com. So thank you to all our subscribers who support uh, what we're doing. Much appreciated. Right, let's have a look at, um, so I'm recording this in the evening of Saturday 29th of July 2023. I think this is week 30 from memory. Okay, let's launch into Monday's report. This is the 24th of July. Graham and I covered six companies. Um, Two we didn't like, uh, which we've marked as red on our traffic light system, are Audio Boom. Uh, This is £2.25, £37 market cap. This is the podcasting company, mainly based in America. Um, Shares went absolutely bananas in the most recent tech boom. Uh, I think it went up to as high as £20 a share. Let's have a look. And they're currently, as I say, £2.25. Um, zoom out. Yeah, an amazing spike up to twice, a double top at over 2,000 pence per share. So it's down 90%. And I have to say, I think the fundamentals do justify that drop. I'm very negative on this one. The most recent accounts, the key thing to flag up is that they um, they announced a seven over $7 million onerous contract loss. They signed up some... Podcaster uh, or some advertising deal at wildly uncompetitive rates at the peak of the market, as they admitted in their webinar recently. Well, I think this is—I mean, this is a major error, which um, basically now means the company probably won't be able to pay dividends. It's hollowed out the balance sheet. It's wiped almost half of the balance sheet net net uh, tangible asset value out. So I've said here I'm struggling to see any value in this share. I mean, some nutter might come along and bid for it, you know. Um, But also management are very greedy here. They seem perfectly pleasant people on the webinar. You know, a couple of nice... Uh, people, the CEO and CFO, but it's you know for our purposes it doesn't matter if if they're Mother Bloody Teresa <laughs> to steal a line from absolutely fabulous it doesn't matter for our purposes we're interested in shareholder value I'm struggling to see any shareholder value at Audio Boom so I think people just really need to hope for a takeover bid there now the other share we were read on on Monday the twenty fourth of July it was S four Capital this is Sir Martin Sorrell's second attempt after his obviously spectacular success at WPP. So the main valuation in S4 Capital, I think, is that people are hoping Sir Martin will uh, work the same magic um, at this new digital advertising um, marketing group he's created. We don't like it, I'm sorry, no, we don't like the balance sheet. Um, It's born on profits, so it dropped 20% to 111 pence. Uh, forecast lower to 23 and 24. Not really a surprise, is it, for a, a marketing company? You know, things can't divide gravity just because it's run by Sir Martin Sorrell. Anyway, we don't like the accounts. There's way too many adjustments in the accounts, uh, which eke out a profit after these hundreds of millions of adjustments. We don't like the balance sheet, so I'm afraid for S4 Capital, it's a uh, uh, from us. Now, a couple of shares we did like on Monday: Beaks Financial Services (BKS). I disclose a personal long-term holding in this. Um, quite good news here. I think it rose six percent to one pound eight pence, seventy-one million market cap. I think in the next bull market, this could re-rate significantly higher. Um, it's the type of share that doesn't get valued at a lot in a bear market because people apply value metrics to it, although it's grown a lot over the last... Since it's been listed, it's grown tremendously and, um, you know, real sort of exponential revenue growth and it's moved into profit. Uh, Not much profit once you take out the adjustments for things like share options which are used as a way of paying the staff they're not just for directors so i think there's a stronger case than ever in this one for looking at that as just part of normal payroll costs so it's not really making much money the bare case on it is that every big new contract it wins it has to spend up front on capex to buy the servers the cabling and so on to go in the data centers where it's providing low latency connections to financial uh, exchanges. But I just think, you know, it's growing recurring revenues very nicely. Um, I think it's a very nice growth story, Beaks is, so I think we'll just have to be patient on that one. There's no real significant downside risk on it that I can see because of the recurring revenues. Um, Obviously, the main risk for that type of connectivity business would be if the service collapsed, you know, if they had a... Uh, a major hacking um, incident that destroyed the reputation of the business overnight. That's the big risk, isn't it? But that's never happened so far, but it is a risk. So I like Beaks Financial. It did rise on the contract news. Oh, yes, that was it. The the RNS itself was out about some private cloud contract wins. Um, Good news, but as I've mentioned here, they didn't confirm whether or not they're trading in line with expectations. So there's no point uh, mentioning... um, contracts just in isolation you've got to say also well were these in the budget you know are you trading in la- ahead, below or in line with expectations they didn't say anything so i think that's probably why the share price blip didn't really hold it drifted back down again i think the other one i liked was sag 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 is the ticker the company name is science science group um a rather rather strange collection of businesses seems to be mainly um some sort of consulting business on R D. Um I don't really understand the business. I'd like to speak to management here and do a, a podcast with them, but they didn't respond to a message I left. Um so if one of their advisors is listening, you know, do put us in touch. I think it's an interesting business that I'd like to do a, a podcast talking to their CEO or CFO. Anyway, I looked at the interim results from Science Group. Um, complicated I've said here. Now profits plunged at one of its divisions called Frontier which makes digital radio modules. Profits there dropped by about two thirds but it all got mopped up by an increase in profits in the core division which I think was largely driven by an acquisition of TPG which was a separately listed company that was a bit of a mess Um, but Science Group stalked it for a while, buying a stake in it and then taking it over in full, and it seems to have done a a turnaround there. Science Group seems to be good at buying things and turning them around. It's um, owner-managed. A lot of things we like about Science Group. Sound finances, good value, owner-managed, so we're remaining green on Science Group. And then two shares we were... Amber, um, uh, sort of middling on, uh, was Somero Enterprises and Archontech. arcontech's very, very small, only 9 million market cap. Uh, it's said trading ahead of expectations. It's a software company, but I think a lot of it is just legacy product that's sort of been wind down from what I can gather. Uh, doesn't seem to be generating any growth but it, it's ahead of expectations due to one-off cost savings and it says itself don't expect these to repeat so I put here though potentially interesting, the, it's a special situation Arkentech because the cash pile is very large it's um, the bulk of the market cap is the company's own cash so really I think people buying that share are hoping or agitating for management to do something with the cash, you know a tender offer or give it back as a special dividend or buybacks, whatever, or But there's delisting risk because it's so small, I think, and very illiquid shares. I see uh, nothing nothing much happened after the announcement of this trading update. But then on Friday, I think it was, um, a share tipster, I think it might have been Simon Thompson, who's very good. He uh, mentioned it, and obviously with 9 million market cap and a lot of magazine readers who just buy the tips rather than doing their own research, I think, very often, um, unfortunately, uh, it, it spiked up. So, you know, maybe that's creating a bit of liquidity for uh, long-term holders to be able to exit. And then Somero Enterprises, we love this share, very, very positive on it. Graham's got amber on it, though. Um, previously, we've been green. Uh, it was an in-line with tr- expectations trading update. This is the concrete screeding machine's Uh, laser-guided ones, Somero. Now, Grahamford dug up some interesting information on this. They've always claimed that they don't really have any competition, that their only competition is men with planks of wood, you know, screaming, uh, levelling the concrete floors using manually. But Graham's actually found an online competitor that had some sort of patent dispute with Somero, Um, and was settled out of court. So have a look at Monday's report for information on that. So we're just, as Graham said, we do have niggling doubts on Somero. Uh, That was it for Monday. Right, on to Tuesday's report. This was the 25th of July, 2023. What I'm doing is I'm recording this one day at a time, updating my spreadsheets with the day's uh, companies we covered, to refresh my memory, and then recording each daily section on, on this. So Tuesday, now, this was a mad day, we covered 10 companies in the Small Cat Valley Report, on st- exclusively on Stockopedia. <laughs> um, but we also did, I did, very brief comments on a further nine companies, so I think that's definitely a new record, 19 companies. Um, so plenty for everyone to choose from, so I will not engage with anyone... Criticizing which companies we've, we 've we've chosen on particular days, we had another out we had another person come up and say this i 'm just not going to engage with them. We cover five hundred and fifty companies it 's more than enough for anyone uh, if you 're quibbling with our our, our our choice of companies you 're just undermining the writers and it 's very unwelcome and i 'm just not going to respond anymore anyway so that was the one reader who pissed me off this week. So I looked at as a reader request, even though it's only 13 million market cap, eight readers asked me to look at Quiz, the fashion retailer based in Glasgow, which I did. I looked at the March 2023 numbers, which were quite good, actually. um, But the outlook concerns me. I've calculated that I think they've dropped about three million pound profit just in Q1 compared with last year. Um, which is going to make it very difficult to meet the full year figures, I think. So, but it does have a very nice, strong balance sheet. Quiz does, and I, I rate the management there. They're you know almost the last men standing, really, in the sector when so many physical fashion retailers have gone out of business. They did switch all the sites onto um, turnover rents, but now the notes disclose that only about half the rents are turnover based now. So uh, it would uh, it would seem that landlords are pushing for a return to conventional leases on the more successful shops. Obviously, if the if quiz don't want to do that, they just walk away and hand the keys back. So it's pretty flexible. But I wouldn't personally, I'm not going to rush out to go and back buy back into quiz. It's just over 10p. Um, I'll wait and see how they trade this year. Tristel, TSTL, this is the medical uh, um, disinfectants company that has some specialist IP. Uh, It's more the packaging, apparently, than the actual chemicals, which are generic chemicals that they use. I remember them saying at a presentation years ago, I've followed this company for many, many years, Tristel. The share price gain, though, has largely been just a re-rating. It always used to be on a p of 10. It's now on a p of about 35. I don't think the valuation is justified. We say this every time we report on Tristel. But it did put out a good uh, trading update, um, referencing strong customer demand, higher gross profit, but they've recycled that into higher overheads, so profit in line. Now, the USA launch of its products is crucial to the valuation because I think the valuation probably about half of the valuation rests on hopes for uh, a good outcome in the USA which of course is not guaranteed and it can take a long time to persuade um, Americans in particular to adopt uh, technology from overseas they're often quite resistant to that apparently and they expect instant next day or same day delivery as well so Tristel's going to have to stock up with distributors all over the the country, so I don't know, the jury's out on this, I don't know what will happen, we'll just have to wait and see, won't we, but personally I don't like paying up front for um, international rollouts, so I want to get that in for free. Uh, And so Tristel's too expensive for me at £3.55. But nice little company, nice balance sheet, you know, very good track record. It's only the valuation that we're quibbling, nothing else. Now, three companies we liked next. Are any of them mystery shares? No, I don't think I'll I'll make the mystery shares, but they're good. Graham looked at Reach, RCH. This is the old Trinity Mirror, newspaper group and printing group. Still an amazing cash machine, generating huge profits, uh, Graham recaps on all the issues, which we know about. You know, long-term declining um, circulation, which at the moment they're offsetting with, with with offsetting with cover price rises. But there's a limit to how long they can keep doing that, I would imagine. Also, the massive pension scheme is the big issue there. But you're getting decent divvies now from Reach, and the latest hacking thing doesn't seem to have uh, done it that much damage. I think Prince Harry's case was partially chucked out wasn't it or he's only going to be allowed to pursue part of the claim to the next level of courts or something like that they're saying he left it too long which i thought was quite interesting um, and as with all of Harry's stuff, it, everything's circumstantial. I mean, I read his book, S- Spare, absolutely painful. You know, very mixed emotions. You feel so terribly sorry for him. He's a man who just didn't choose fame, was born into it, and just can't cope with it. But also, you know, the, the activities of the tabloid press and the paparazzi are... I mean, they're horrible, aren't they? They're dreadful. They 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 pursue some of these celebrities to their deaths, as we we regularly see... You know, I who'd want to be a celebrity? It must be I mean who would choose that sort of life where you give up all your privacy? Oh, dreadful. Anyway, reach shares, let's get back on, on point, Paul. Uh interims were in line with expectations, and full year expectations also confirmed. Um so yeah, at this level it's only seventy five P. Graham and I think it's it could be worth a punt. Um difficult to value. I looked at Wix, W I X, the DIY um, Superstores chain. I like this up six percent to one pound thirty five. Um, very encouraging trading update. Q two was better than Q one. They're maintaining the full year expectations. Now you have got a fantastic dividend yield on Wix eight point one percent, which they said they're going to maintain. I think it was rather confusing wording. They said something about dropping dividend cover, which confused a lot of people. I saw on discussion boards that people thought that was they were saying they were cutting the dividend, but they're not. They're saying they're cutting the dividend cover. So that was badly worded. Whoever wrote that R and S needs retraining, I think. Um, uh, now this was the other interesting thing on Wix. It's announced a new share buyback of twenty five million quid. Now that's on top of the eight point one percent dividend yields. Um, the market caps about three hundred and fifty million, so this is a sizable buyback what What does that work out about Seven or eight percent of the share capital being bought back, and your generous dividends divvies. so th- I think WIC shares are looking very good let 's just as I say, hope the diversity and inclusion manager um, keeps his trap shut because uh, they, they really scored an own goal with that, even though yes, it was taken out of context what he said online. Um, and used by people with an agenda to, you know, stir up a, a boycott against Wix. But these boycotts online, you know, they, they have barely any effect, I think. And people have forgotten within a week or two. Usual sort of thing. They just sign a sign an online petition and think that that's, you know, they've actually done something. Whereas, of course, they haven't. You know, it's uh, it's a good share, I think. Wix. Yeah, I've I've I, that was on one of my that was on my watch list for this year. Now, S3, uh, ticker STEM, S-T-E-M. Graham had a look at this one. We really like this one. It's a staffing company that mainly relies on repeating revenues from from contractors, which, of course, makes it less cyclical than you might imagine. Um, So, yeah, Graham's inspected that one, 490 million market cap. Um, It rose up 4% to 364 uh, interims and com- results and confirms in line with the full year, so graham 's staying positive on that, and I agree i think it 's a nice nice company s three next, I looked at Brighton Pier now this is only fifteen million market cap, and it dropped twenty eight percent to forty one p on a profit warning but I think this looks quite interesting. The ticket is Pier, so p i e r it not only owns Brighton Pier but it, it owns various other uh, a, a couple of other sort of rather niche um, attractions smaller than Brighton Pier and uh, a small chain of bars, late night bars that I think really isn't worth anything particularly but um, I think this is looking interesting now. 41p has a special situation value. I don't see much balance sheet risk um, the debt's under control I think all it says all divisions remain profitable they've had some particular issues like for example you remember that fire that happened in a hotel the Albion Hotel In Brighton. Well, I used to live in Brighton. I remember the Albion Hotel. I stayed there once, actually. It's a bit grotty. And um, it's right at the entrance to the pier. And of course, it was a a big fire. A lot of the area was cordoned off. That hit trading at Brighton Pier for a week or two in their peak season. Also, the weather was very changeable and rainy in, in July. So that doesn't help at the peak... Um, time of trading. And of course, you know, people are cutting back on discretionary spend, aren't they? Households. So a trip to the seaside. There's also criticism of Brighton Council, who've made the parking ridiculously expensive there. You know, a usual thing under the cover of green measures. But you think to yourself, it's it's more probably more about raising revenues. Anyway, Luke Johnson is the biggest shareholder, so he doesn't tend to let the grass grow under his feet. Although, of course, he had that debacle with patisserie Valerie, which took the shine off of his halo, I think. Um well you know, I feel sorry for the guy. He lost a lot of money on it. And I I actually do believe that he didn't know what was going on. They had crooked management there fiddling the figures. Um he would have been selling his shares if he'd known if he'd been on the inside of that, I think. And he and he didn't. He just took a huge hit on it. So um there we are with that one. Uh, anyway, so Brighton Pier, yeah, I see potential speculative upside on that as a special situation. So I'm amber green on that one. Oh, a terrible one fire angel safety tech this has been a disaster it used to be a really good company when it was called Sprue Aegis but it's just been a catastrophe ever since anyway it's had another profit warning down twenty eight percent to three point one p I looked at the figures and I have to say I think this could easily go to zero it's done an equity refinancing recently the, the major shareholders propped it up but it looks it looks like it you know that it's still got quite too much bank debt so it looks like it's going to need another emergency Fundraise. I just don't. I don't know if 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 investors will be prepared to back it. I think if it was me and I was stuck high and dry in this thing, I'd just say cut the cord, let it go under, let management buy it for a pound or whatever. You know, you just you just. It's surprising some of the fund managers who do just keep pouring money into um, down the drain. But you think, well, maybe they're looking to just keep it afloat so that they can find another job or something. I don't know. I'm just speculating there. But Fire Angel, I wouldn't be tempted to dabble in that. Next one, a very interesting company that put out a lovely trading update is the utilities uh, supplier. I think this is to SMEs. Uh, It's called U, Y-U. And that's the ticker as well, Y-U with a full stop after. Now, I acknowledge that the trading update was very good. It said substantially ahead of market expectations um but the reason i'm amber red on this one is that it seems to me um well, it seems obvious to me that they're just having a bonanza because of the energy crisis they've obviously you know whether they just had their hedging the right way around or whatever um the it's making exceptionally high profits which i i cannot see how that would be sustainable um as one of the readers said you know have they invented some secret source for making pot, shed loads of money from providing electricity um, probably not. If they if they, if they they have, they haven't explained how they're doing it. I think just right place, right time. So I would say profits at you look to me unsustainable. Hence, I'm sceptical on it. A couple of ones I quite liked in the building materials sector. Eurocell, um, E-C-E-L is the ticker. I've Viewed that amber-green, so moderately positive. Now, this was uh, a trading update in line with expectations, but expecting a heavy H2 weighting. So I've just flagged those. There's possibly a risk of another profit warning there. And the sector, it it provides some UPVC windows and so on. Uh, The sector's out of favour. Volumes are well down in that sector, but prices are up. I've said here, good balance sheet, medium term, it should recover. So I'm mildly positive on Euracell, but I, I am flagging the potential for another profit warning there in the short term. So if that bothers you and, you, and you're and you risk averse, then maybe best to steer clear of it. A similar sort of company but bigger is Tymon. Ticket is T-Y-M-N, 600 million market cap. Interims were quite weak. Profit, H1 profit down 25% to 34 million. So substantial business. <coughs> but very good outlook a strong outlook saying top end of market expectations so have a fresh look at this one timon i think it's reasonably priced um forward p of 10 times and a 4.7% dividend yield so quite good i think that one now on Tuesday I I, I tried to set a new idea where I made very brief one line comments on nine other companies. I basically just quickly looked at the R and S, skim read the, the bullet points and, and and put up a one-line comment. So it was quite good. So here we go. Pebble Group, uh in line with expectations trading update. Uh Ceres Power Holdings, eight hundred and fifty-three million market cap trading update. This is just a huge jam tomorrow um project. Uh, there have been delays to the project. I've no idea how to value it, so it's outside my scope, Sarah's power holdings. Alpha Group, this is nearly a billion market cap. This is one of the Forex listed uh, Forex dealers who are all enjoying a bit of a bonanza at the moment. It put out an in-line with expectations trading update. and The price is unchanged, so we didn't do any more work on that one. Next, Green Core, which is an Irish convenience foods company, uh, put out an inline. Uh, in line with expectations, trading update for Q3. So that's 417 million market cap green core. So as it's in line, we tend not to go into any depth on those. Uh, microlies 150 million pound market cap trading update. Uh, solid trading in H1, in line with expectations. It's on a PE of 29 times, I've flagged there, so it looks pricey. Ergomed uh, trading update, 531 million. Market cap in line with expectations. And this, this has got a very good growth track record. So I'm just, uh, I had a quick look at the stock report. Quite like that one. Altitude, 28 million market cap put out its final results. This one, I just genuinely can't decide if it's any good or not. We just don't know. Now Diasutics, a a trading update seventy four million market cap, good revenue growth in h one and reaffirms full year guidance now, the last one is one disco w a n d now this is the fraud that I got caught on Unfortunately, I lost about thirty grand on it well, anyway, it's come back from suspensions very interesting one it's suspended at about thirteen pounds a share but the owners of the company and the, well, the management were kicked out because they're either crooks and they were in on the fraud or they're complete clowns if they didn't realise the whole of their 200 million pay- pipeline was fraudulent and had all been booked by one salesman. So they're either fools or crooks. There's no other explanation for it. I don't know which one it is, but like most people, I think I've got my own view on what is the more likely uh, uh, case. But anyway... This is really interesting. Obviously, I was fuming about it for quite a few weeks while the shares were suspended. But then you've got to get the emotions out of the equation, haven't you? And actually just try and think logically. So I had a a long time to think about it. And I thought, well, why do the shareholders? New management came in, very credible management uh, with great track record who want to turn this thing around. It's got a, a shareholder register that is full of the great and the good. Seriously rich people like Richard Griffith. It was his biggest holding. He had 60 million quid in it. Um, he's a billionaire, I think. And very, very well known, highly regarded. So it just shows even the best investors do get caught on uh, dodgy things every now and then. And... Um, Lots of big American IT, San Francisco type family uh, firms, uh, you, you know, family offices invested in it. Really, really impressive um, shareholder list. So I got thinking about this. Right. OK. So they're refinancing at 50p. Fair enough. You know, at 13 quid down to 15p. You know, if you if you, if, if a company's going to fail, the people who put up the placing money are going to demand a deep discount. I get it. But the fact that they wanted to protect this company, refinance it, and bring it back from suspension, so they wanted to keep the listing, that says to me that these people funding it and owning it reckon there's something good here, despite the fraud. So I decided, before it relisted, I said I I sold some shares the previous day, some other shares, just top-sliced a few things, and thought, I want to have a pot of money to buy into it. If I can buy back in at anything near the placing price of 50p, I'm actually going to massively increase my position size, which by now was only worth 750 quid or something. So I thought there's only two things to do. That's too small to have a position like that. And I don't really want to be looking at a 96% loss every day. So I thought I'll either ditch the position in full on the opening bell or... I'll see what the price does. And if I can get in nearer 50p, I don't think it'll go below 50p placing price, you see. That was my logic. 114 million shares an issue. That would, you know, the newly diluted number. So that would be about whatever that is, uh, 57 million market cap. I think the IP is worth more than that. And it's fully funded now through to break even, And they've already slashed all their overheads. Remember, it raised $30 million in this placing. And it had a bit of cash left over prior to that. So I actually thought, bizarrely, risk-reward on this could be quite good. So I was buying heavily on Tuesday morning, and it was squeaky bum time, I have to say, because it actually did dip below the 50p placing price. And I said, oh, for God's sake, what if I've got this wrong? What if? But then I thought, well, actually, the opening day, it's probably going to be the spread betting companies just dumping client positions because of the margin calls you know you're going to have forced sellers on the first day aren't you there was a tons of volume going through which says to me that there's going to be people buying as well and these rich guys in america with their big holdings in it may want to to but you know everyone but combine at at the 50p placing price in the market i think this thing's going up so anyway i increased my position size by 36 times from you know minuscule to actually <laughs> to actually a, a decent chunky sort of mid size position in my portfolio, and I was I was worried on Tuesday night. I think oh god, what have I? I think I might have called this wrong, but I thought stick with it. You know, I think this is going to rebound anyway. It it doubled over the next two days. It went from for a low of about forty six p. To just touched a pound, and we were discussing it with one of the readers who had a similar view to me. Actually, that as a trade, this thing could rebound strongly. Um, So that was a big winner for me. Uh, But I recouped all of my thirty grand losses, and I'm nice, nicely in profit now. So I have top sliced. I said on the discussion board, look, if it gets to between a pound and one pound fifty, I'll be top slicing. Uh, uh, you know, at that level, and I did. It got to it. I briefly touched a pound, and I thought to myself on Thursday or Friday, and I thought, you know, everybody's going to be selling at a pound, aren't they? It's just doubled. There's gonna be loads of traders in this who'll be happy to bank profit at a pound, so I'll do the same. So I sold about forty, forty five percent of them. So it's back down to a more manageable size position now. But what a success. It just shows, doesn't it? It's no good sticking to any dogma about shares. I think if you if you can see a logical reason for why something could bounce strongly, um you know, go for it. That's what I say, providing it... For me, the key thing was it was refinanced, so there was no insolvency risk. If it was still needing to raise money and if none of those other things I mentioned before had happened, I wouldn't have touched it. So it wasn't what I call mindless averaging down, that you just buy more because you've got a huge loss. That is, is... nearly always a disaster. This, I like to think anyway, was calculated averaging down where I did weigh up risk reward and and it's worked. It made me think as well, you know, all the big profits I've made this year have been on Seraphine, um, on BOTB, on Tiny Build, where I was similar sort of thing, it dropped 80% and I bought at the lows, sold them a week or two weeks later for about three quarters, uh, about 60%, 70% profit. So it's actually higher risk um, opportunistic trading that I seem to be doing at the moment, which is not what i meant to do at all. But I take the view, if you see an opportunity and you think you can make money, grab it. Why not? Nobody, nobody wins any prizes for being obstinate and stuck to some particular philosophy. And also, I split my portfolio up into different pots. So I have my value, and my GARP shares. That's most of it, I have to say. But then I like to, I like to have a bit of fun trading on, the, um, on the, around the edges, which I'm doing now because I switched SIP uh, and ISA provider, and I'm now in a low-cost uh, electronic dealer so I can nip in and out of things and I'm only paying £5.95 commission. Although the spreads are pretty horrible, I'm finding, even though, you know, they get you inside the spread. You you know, if you change your mind on something, you've thrown away 2 or 3% of it. And I do. I regularly just buy, buy things on impulse and think, no, chuck that out. So... In a way, I'm kind of all over the place at the moment, what I'm doing with my personal portfolio. But the good news is it's working. So um, I'm very strongly up here to date, but that's almost entirely down to Seraphine. Looking at the numbers, I'm about, I peaked in February. I'm about nine and a half percent down on my February peak. So um, I was something like 20 percent down. So I'm gradually recouping the losses. Um. Um, so not too bad. And, you know, valuations are so attractive. The way I look at it is I think there's plenty of stuff in my portfolio that will double or triple from here. Well, no, maybe not double or triple. Maybe 50 to to 100% profit potential, I think, uh, on practically everything in my portfolio. Or I wouldn't have bought them um, given once macro starts to improve. I don't know when that will be. But I think, I think, as I said last week, I think we could be at the start of a new bull market in small caps because the valuations are just so attractive. That's going to attract more and more takeover bids. And I think at some point the client redemptions will stop and people will start to say, well, look, hang on, we actually should be buying, not selling here. Um, So, yeah, I remain nervous but bullish on small caps. Sorry, as usual, this has gone on way too long. So on Wednesday's report, 26th of July, 2023, I'll speed up here. Graham looked at Mortgage Advice Bureau. Um, He likes that one, uh, saying mixed messages, but he thinks that's good. Now, I looked at Revolution Bars, RBG. Um, I've been in and out of this stock numerous times over the years. Obviously, it's been an absolute disaster. But because I've managed to buy very aggressively at or near the lows a couple of times, it's kind of washed its face for me overall. And I went back in recently at just below 6p, thinking that was the low. It did bounce, but it's come back down again. Uh, I bought some more, and then I changed my mind and sold some of those. So I'm I'm not really sure what's going to happen on this one. So I'm, I've coloured it amber. Only 13 million market cap. Um, now, it was in-line-with-expectations update for FY June 2023, but the market seems to have reacted quite negatively to it, which surprised me, actually, because we know the problems. They've got too much bank debt after doing a reckless acquisition of peach pubs. Absolute madness. Um, but the debt has come down a bit since the peak in March, and it's still generating cash. It's EBITDA positive on the you know, proper EBITDA, and they've, they've put a, a break on their CapEx. They're not doing any more refurbs and, or, or new sites to focus on debt reduction. Uh, But the outlook, they say, remains challenging. Peach Pub seems to be doing well. They don't disclose the proper like-for-like, so I'm assuming they're pretty bad. But bottom line, it is in line with expectations. So uh, only for risk-takers, as I've said here. I'm not saying it's a great company. It's not. Um, I just think it's, it's too cheap at 13 million. But I said that before twice and we got clobbered with discounted placings. So um, I don't think the current management could possibly stay on if they need to do another placing at a discount. But we'll see. Could go either way, revolution bars. So I, I've got a medium sized position in it. I'm fully aware of the risk. Um, and I don't know what will happen. Graham looked at Nichols. He likes this one, Interim Results. This is the Vimto drinks company. I'm not so keen on this one, I have to say. But anyway, uh, what I did like was Wilming- Wilmington, W-I-L. Have a look at this one. It was up 17% on a June 23 trading update. I think it looks really good. It's ahead of expectations. They do something related to, oh, what's it called, compliance. Uh, I think it's tra- training or something. Um, not entirely sure what it does, but anyway, it's been a really convincing turnaround. It's now making very nice profit margins. Um, and as I say, it's got this, it's got this positive update and I think it's reasonably priced. So have a look at Wilmington. I think that one's quite good. Uh, reasonable valuation. Nice GARP share, I've said here. So I've given it a thumbs up. Graham looked at Norcross We're Amber on this one. Superficially looks very, very cheap, um... And, you know, it never seems to to re-rate. It's got the South African business, uh, which apparently has never actually provided any cash flow to the UK. So I don't know if that's worth anything, really. And the, um, oh, obviously the huge pension scheme. So um, Norcross... Uh, and it took on a lot, of, a lot of debt recently for an ill-timed acquisition. Incidentally, I bought a Triton shower uh, rail. You know, the rail that you mount the shower head on, because the previous one had snapped. And I paid 46 quid for it. I have to say, it's very disappointing. I thought Triton was meant to be premium product. This certainly wasn't premium. You know, even the little nozzle connector... The hose connector, which is nearly always metal, even that was plastic. The, the hose was too short, so it doesn't stretch up fully. You know, this thing was made down to a price, this Norcross uh, Triton product. Very, very disappointing. So I think they've got quality issues, actually. I think like a lot of bathroom fittings company, they, they've scrimped too much on spec and they're making the products too cheap. And it really, really annoys customers, I think, when you when you can feel that, the product just feels flimsy and plasticky. You think, that's not going to last five minutes. So I've had to ask the tenants to basically just be very gentle with it. You know, I said, look, this thing won't last five minutes if you're rough with it. So would you mind being being careful with it? But, yeah, disappointing mystery shopping there. Motorpoint, this is the uh, car supermarkets, an online second and nearly new car retailer interesting AGM trading update I'm amber stroke green on this I think we might have seen the lows at around a pound it bounced 6% to pound they they've decided to change strategy to focus on profit and cash flow and cost control which I'm glad to see previously they were dashing for growth and just running at break even I think that was a mistake I think they've recognised that was a mistake so they're doing the right thing and it looks to me like it could beat the broker forecast the broker update note that I read was very helpful thank you for that I think that's possibly laying foundations for an ahead of trading, ahead of expectations trading update later this year. So at nearly 100 million market cap, I think Motorpoint could be worth a speculative flutter. You know, it's heading, it's got about one and a half billion of revenues. And, you know, you don't, on that level of revenues, you don't need much of a margin improvement to suddenly see it's making um, very nice profits. Now, we also covered another, on top of all of the above, um, we covered another 10 or 12 companies with single-line updates. Unifar, H1 trading update, says in lines with expectations. This is a growing Irish health group. Uh, Aptitude software, interim results, soft H1 growth, confident in full-line expectations. I think the aptitude looks pricey, so I'm not interested in that. FDM group, this is the software, uh, contractors, uh, flat H1 profits, broadly in line, so that means slightly below, of full expectations. On principle, I won't buy that one because management uh, nicked it off us when it was a really cheap aim-listed share. They forced out outside shareholders and then refloated it a few years later um, about 10 times the valuation. So we was robbed, as they say. And for that reason, I'm never going to buy FDM shares. just a personal grudge, really. IQE, this is hopeless. This is the semiconductor's uh, wafer fabricator or whatever i'm not entirely sure what it does but it buys these machines makes the, the raw ingredients for semiconductors and doesn't make a profit um h1 revenues down heavily versus last year but in line with that expectations i've concluded here i think it's a lousy loss maker so i wouldn't i wouldn't be tempted into IQ, iqe at any price really now van l put out final results this is a the ground piling construction company Um, have a listen to their webinar on investor meat company I thought it was very good really grounded sensible management I think they came across very very well it's got a strong balance sheet it owns all the equipment without debt financing now the uh, H uh, sorry the 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 performance the figures were good in the final results versus up against last year, but in the, the outlook is mixed, and in the webinar, management of Van Al do say that there are some one off factors that are causing a current boost to business, but they 're expecting a slower h two so uh, very very straightforward, honest management. I think I might buy some of those at some point as a little recovery share. I think it could it 's one of those ones that you could look at it and say. In a more buoyant economy, this could be fifty to one hundred percent higher. so I like vanel but we 're sport for choice with things like that now Sieta group this is the um, thing that makes or designs electric motors for EVs uh, it's announced another commercial agreement I think in India, I'm very sceptical on this, I did some digging into the numbers and the contracts a while ago, I don't think it's any good but anyway so it's a share for traders I think um, Gresham House put out a trading update but we ignored that because it's in a takeover bid, received a very attractive takeover bid, Cyan finals. final results, 40 million market cap, losses increased again it's always jammed tomorrow with Canode. I don't rate this at all. I'm very sceptical. Graffinia is still listed amazingly. This is the print uh, shops business or was. Uh, 10 million market cap. Very strange numbers. I had a quick look at them. It's issued a 15 million pound bond. Um, and it's done uh, four acquisitions with it. Very, very strange. So I'm avoiding that one. Now, NAHL um, H1 trading update. This share's been a disaster, but it rose 7% to 47p. Uh, in, line with, in line with expectations. Um, it's got a bad track record, though. So people are talking about a turnaround and restructuring at NAHL. I wouldn't personally be wasting my time on it. And then finally, Velocity Composites, 19 million market cap, trading update, reckons it can break into profit next year. So that might for the speculators amongst us, that one might be worth a further look. So that was everything on Wednesday. Right, on to Thursday, I've really got to speed up here very quickly then, 27th of July, we looked at six companies, um, lookers, now there was a surprising thing here, uh, the bid fell through on this one of course, and they dropped down to about high 90ps after a pound twenty bid fell through, um, well, the bid has come back with a higher price—one pound thirty. So um, that's very good news for people who toughed it out there. I, uh, on my fantasy portfolio, I, I had them on my watch list for twenty twenty uh, uh, I closed the position out at one pound nineteen because I didn't think the bid would would continue and i was right and wrong because the bid did fall through but of course now a higher bid has come through we don't know whether the shareholders will accept it or not so again there's an argument isn't there for just selling in the market uh graham looked at jupiter in fund management he likes that one gosh that went up 16 percent on the interim results so uh yeah graham graham likes that uh, unduly shares unduly depressed he reckons he had a look at CMC markets as well the spread betting outfit um, that's still majority owned uh, by the founder I think that's Mr Cruddus uh, trading activity week um, why does Graham like it then I don't know um, oh he's just uh, just on value basis he says the sector is good value and Graham holds some IG index shares a larger competitor What else? Oh, the profit warning, unfortunately, from Headlam. Not a huge surprise. H E A D, the carpets distributor, Uh, profit warning. Now, this was really interesting. I I wrote up the uh, profit warning before 8 a.m. and I liked, for for fun, to guess what might happen to the share price. And I said, I think this will drop 20 or 30%. But it's got a really, really strong balance sheet with loads of freeholds and so on. Um, And it's still profitable. Well, anyway, it did plunge down about 20% or more, but it recovered most of that um, drop. Yeah, yeah, so it ended up um, recouping most of the losses, which I think is very encouraging. You know, when you see that happen for a company that puts out you know, quite a, a nasty profit warning and the market shrugs it off, that's telling you something isn't it? That's telling you the shares probably that shareholders a were expecting a profit warning and b you know think it's now so attractively cheap for a recovery that you know you just pay up for it and, and buy and hold them. so I think we could be at a nearer low for headlam and and maybe for the sector, I think that's an interesting sector um where you've got a cyclical downturn that at some point will end and recovery will happen, so you want to be buying, don't you when they're right down at the bottom. Um, particularly where they've got very strong finances with Headlam has I missed that dip unfortunately I didn't because I was focusing on one disco ticker watching on that I didn't really act quick enough I think looking back I should have bought some Headlam when they dropped down um, below two quid but I didn't so there we are um Volex, uh, I hold this one. I think it's very, very good. That put out a really reassuring trading update with its AGM, and it rose 2% to £2.93. I think it's still very good value. I want to buy some more Volex, actually. So when I top-slice my One Disco, if that keeps going up, I will, um, I will probably be putting some of the money into Volex, actually, next week. We'll see. So trading is in line. This is the electrical wiring um, company with various low-cost production Units in Turkey and other countries run, run by Nat Rothschild, who owns 25% of the business, seems to be doing a cracking job. Um, I don't think he operationally manages it, but um, certainly is the top guy with 25% shareholding. Um, I think he's he's motivated to prove that he can actually run a business. Now, we will have a mystery share. Oh sorry the sound effect's not coming through. Hang on. Right, let's try that again. Yes, it worked this time. There we are. Right. Um, this mystery share is in Thursday's report. It's the last share I looked at and I've marked it green. I was previously skeptical on this company. Uh But I have to say, I rather belatedly looked at the 2022 results, which were out months ago, I think, and they were very, very good. And it's put out a positive trading update as well. I think if you look at the broken note, which is available on Research Tree, uh, you can see that this thing, uh, providing nothing goes wrong, this thing uh, looks good value and should re-rate, I think, over the next year. So I'll put a comment in Friday's SCVR. Uh, and on Monday mornings, SVR, uh, uh, giving the name of the company. So that's my mystery share for this week. Now, on Friday, um, I did a CEO interview. I haven't done one of those for ages. This was for a previous mystery share called Cohort, C-H-R-T, a very interesting uh, 200 million market cap defence group that owns six uh, companies six niche businesses in the defence sector. The CEO's been there 14 years, very long-serving. Andy uh, Toman, I think... Uh, Thomas, sorry. Um, yes, I interviewed him. I think he comes over really, really well. I've not spoken to him before. But have a listen to that. That's on this podcast channel as well. Um, and there's a link in Friday's Small Cap Value Report to the web page on ACAST, my podcast publishing... Um, firm that I use so anyway that unfortunately you know it's, as Graham said rather you than me doing CEO interviews it tends to take up most of the day just doing the background research and getting into a flap about it beforehand because you don't want to sound like an idiot and trying to think up intelligent sounding questions and then thinking on your feet and asking follow-up questions and so on but anyway with each one I do I think I get more more confident at doing them. Um, And I think, yeah, I think it was a really interesting interview. I've listened to it three or four times myself because you pick up nuances or different things that you'd overlooked. So that's why, unfortunately, we didn't get around to covering any more than six companies in the report because I was just busy... But we only aim to cover five or six companies each day, so it was fine. Graham looked at franchise brands. He's at amber on that one. That's come down a lot. One pound forty. They did a placing, a very big placing, at one pound eighty to make a large acquisition. So I think that might be coming into buying range now. There, there seems to be some indigestion from uh, the placing. I'm told by City source that they struggled a bit to get that placing away, but it was done in the end. Uh, worth keeping an eye on this one, we think. Franchise brands. Have a look at that. Oh, a disaster. WH Island. No, I I broke. I used them as my broker for many, many years. Um, they've done a placing, an emergency placing. It looks within they were within three days of an orderly wind down. So they've had to do a, this placing. I think it was a... 80 something percent discount so total disaster. Anyway, I can't see any reason why it's listed. It seems to be a almost a plaything for wealthy backers. We've we've looked at WH Island before and just never never seen any any appeal in the shares. Um so a bit of a pity that. Yeah, but at least anyway, at least it hasn't gone under. So at least some of the staff will keep their jobs. I know I know one or two people there. They're good people. Um so, but it just shows, doesn't it? If you're stuck in a, a tiny thing that it needs to raise money urgently, you just get hung out to dry. So, my sympathies with W. H. Island shareholders. But what the hell were you doing owning that share? I, you know, I have no idea why. Anyway, Foxton's Graham looked out. We think that looks interesting. Interims. It's weathering the storm in the London downturn because the business has morphed. All the seagulls are out. Can you hear them? <laughs> It's rather nice. It reminds me I'm near the seaside here in Bournemouth, but they're a bloody nuisance when they start off at just after four a.m. Anyway, Foxtons. What was I saying? Oh yes, they've built up the letting side of the business, and the beauty of that is it's not cyclical and it's recurring revenues. So uh, we think we think Foxtons looks quite good because you're you're getting it at a fair price for current earnings, but it's got a good turnaround underway under a CEO, a new CEO, and also you've got the upside when the property market does recover and you're not paying anything for that. So this is one where I like risk-reward. I like the fact the upside's in for free, really. Now, Mission Group, TMB... TMG, rather, this is... Um, a acquisitive marketing group um, that specialises in buying marketing companies outside of London—that's its point of difference. Uh, trading update for the six months ended June. It's a mild profit warning. Amber, I'm Amber Red on it mainly because of the balance sheet weakness. It's got into trouble before with too much bank debt, and I think it's done the same thing again. Actually, I think sorry suppressing a burp i'm on my second tin of diet coke here uh i haven't done a hiccup yet though that 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 should come soon so degree of caution in the outlook statement um i wouldn't touch mission group just because the balance sheet's so weak it's net tangible asset value is negative nine million and it's got too much bank debt so i think that's too risky uh And then Podpoint Group, P-O-D-P, this is really bad. I've marked this red. It's another profit warning. I've been really, really negative about this one since it's listed. See the archive for the reasons why. It it installs electric vehicle charging points, but it doesn't make any money. It's subsidising them. EDF is the biggest shareholder, so I can see why EDF would want to have uh, more charging points put in, because then people will use more of its electricity. But um, Podpoint itself is not a viable business as it stands, so I would not speculate on this one. Even though the market gap is now below its cash pile, look at the rate of cash burn. I mean, it had 74 million cash at December 22. That's now dropped from 74 million to 58.8 million uh, in six months. You know, it's burning through that cash uh, at a rate of knots, and, and it's just squandering it. It's literally squandering the money, so I wouldn't go near Point. At pretty much any price, unless it got to a point where it was trading at a third of net cash, and then you'd probably find activists buying in and saying to management, "Kick out management and just stop the cash burn." But you do have to take into account these companies often have large shutdown costs. You know, you've got leases, you've got employees, so you can burn that. That's what happened with Purple Bricks. They had a big cash pile; it was trading below cash, but it ended up insolvent because. The actual shutdown costs were so large and the cash burn was so large. At the end of it, there was nothing left. Uh, I think, you you know, you possibly might end up with something like that with Podpoint. So it's a really, really major avoid one for me. Um, Oh, Franchise Burns. I think that's covered everything. I think that's covered everything. Uh, Let me just scroll down. Was this Thursday? That was Friday. Okay. um... I think that's it. Uh, Oh, I should apologise as well for some of my comments that slipped through quality control when I was tired and emotional. So I flagged my own messages to have them removed. Because I think, you know, if you make a mistake and you put up something that's rude, you know, just apologise and get it removed. It's best not to do it. I can't actually remember doing it. I was plastered. So, um apologies for that and don't take it seriously if you see any of those comments they're just silly so ignore them all right that's the end of part one i will possibly record part two afterwards i'm not sure we'll see how we go thanks for listening then bye